This is Living Forever, Not an Option, a podcast brought to you by Care Dimensions, a provider of hospice, palliative care, and support services in Massachusetts. Your hosts are Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our fourth episode of Living Forever, Not an Option, with your host, Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow of Care Dimensions. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about starting the conversation. Are you wondering what conversation we want you to start? It's the conversation around death and dying. Yes, the taboo subject that no one ever wants to talk about, but it's such an important subject. And it's a conversation that people don't usually have until someone they love is very sick or even dying. We want to stress today how very important it is to have these conversations when there's not a health crisis going on. When people are calm and clear-headed. Mary, like you and I are every day, oh, calm and clear-headed. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, but right now we are. Um, so, Mary, of course, my question is, why do you think people don't want to talk about death and dying? I know we're in hospice, oh. so we talk about death and dying. I know. Uh, but why don't people want to talk about death and dying? You know, it, it, it's really amazing to me. It's, and what's amazing is that we're all going to die. That really? Yeah, we, I yeah, know. What? I hate to break it. I hate to break this news. <laughs> Taxes, we death, are all, birth. Yeah, it's it's a, a it's a stage of life we're all going to go through, and we approach it like it's not going to happen. Like it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. If I don't talk about it, if I close my That's eyes, right. I have a I have a dog. His name is Elvis, and if I'm you know if I'm telling him no, he turns his head. <laughs> And he thinks I can't see him because, you know, he's not looking at me. I think that's what it is about death and yeah, dying. If we yeah. don't talk about it, yep. um, it's not going to happen. That's right. So that I think that's a big piece of it, that if we don't talk about it, it won't happen. Um, people think that, why are we talking about this? I'm healthy. I feel good. Why are you even bringing this up? I'm 92 and I'm healthy <laughs> and I right. feel good. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> so nothing's ever going to happen. My goodness. Um, denial is another reason. We're not going to die. No, it's nope. just not going to happen. Even though nobody has ever gotten out of this world alive yet, it's not going to happen. The uh, There's a huge issue around we, we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to upset our loved ones, right? Our friends and loved yeah. ones by having these conversations. Family, kids. Yeah, we yeah. tiptoe around it because we don't want to. It, and it's, it's not, you know, I, I it's... I have found in my career that it is not upsetting to people to have these conversations. People silently want to talk about this, but they just don't. They just don't. So people tiptoe around these topics. There are certain things that we can't prevent each other from, and this is one of them. So in our attempt to protect one another, we also create obstacles. And it beca- I feel that's a very isolating situation when this is a time when we should be having dialogue. Some of the other reasons are certainly cultural. Sure. You know, beliefs Each, come into yes. it. Yeah, and we want to be respectful of that, but that certainly, you know, p- comes into play too. Religious beliefs. Um, some people, they just don't talk. They just, you know, it's... You know, those those yeah. older, especially those older men, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they never had, they've never talked. Right. It's just, you know... And they're never gonna. Nope. So, but it's interesting because recently I was talking to a friend and her father, who's very he's much older he's he's actually quite frail now and he never talks about this stuff and part of this is cultural for him too it was just never said in his life and now all of a sudden he's bringing up little bits and pieces 
He wants to talk about this, but he can do it only in, in small chunks, you know, so, and we have to do it in his way. Sometimes, you know, for those of us that it's more comfortable having these discussions, we think everybody should be able to do it this way. We have to do it in a way that's comfortable to people, but it's important conversation. And if they're comfortable, they'll open up. Yeah. But like you said, yep. it might be a slow and steady. It's a process. It's like, the, you know, the, the turtle and the hair, the, hair, the slow and steady yep. will win the race it on does. that one. Yeah. And it's, it is a process. I think we get so task-oriented in life that we miss the point. And this is a process. It's going to take some time, but we've, we've got to make sure we come back to it. Some other reasons are, you know, you, you gotta you gotta know the right people to talk to. There's just some people that aren't gonna be able to, to have these conversations. I have people approach me all the time in my work and they say, I keep trying to bring this up with my kids and they say they don't wanna hear it. Oh my God, mom, I don't wanna hear it, don't talk about it. And so let's, let's strategize around it, like how you can bring this up and say to them, look it, I'm bringing this up because this is stuff that we should be talking about. I feel well, we're not in crisis time. Why do we wait until we're in the emergency room of the ICU to have these discussions? That's when we're in crisis point. Yeah, and it's, you know, at that point, decisions aren't being made calmly and clear-headedly. Yeah. They're being made, you know, what's the doctor saying? What's, you know, what's this one doing? What can you do for my yeah, mother? Absolutely. It's not about their wishes. No. It's not about their hopes. It's a crisis. That's right. When when emotions are high, is is it's not the time to be put into that situation. These need to be done much earlier in life, um, and and we do. We have an issue around con- confronting our own mortality, so we we don't talk about it for that reason. Right. And I have to tell you, because I have a funny story, because you know we talk about this, but I know firsthand how hard it is to start these conversations. I have my my parents, eighty five and eighty six. Okay, and what, you know, my father, he, you know, he sees his doctors. He's pretty healthy. He does pretty well. But his cardiologist, you know, sees him one day, and he tells him that, oh, he's like superhuman. My father's blood pressure's great. His EKG's great. He looks like he's 60. This doctor tells him he's going to live to be 117 years old. (laughs) Jeez. Now, I'll probably be gone by the time before my father. That scares me a little bit. Uh, So, of course, you know, I try to bring these things up to my father, and he's like, what? I'm only 86. I'm going to live to be 117. I don't need to talk about this stuff. I'm healthy as a horse. You know what? I don't need any of this stuff. And I sit there and think, okay, one day, because he's 86, there's going to be a crisis. Sure. And me, my sister and brother are going to be like, what the heck? We don't know what he wants. Right. So even, you know, I could sit here and we could sit on these podcasts and tell people, you know, it's so important to have these conversations. It's so important to do this. But even our own lives, it's, yeah. it's, it, nothing's easy. And see what happens, though, when we work, and I'm not knocking physicians, I think they're wonderful, but see what happens when we work with people over a period of time. And 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 again, I'm sure it's not ill-intended at all because, and they're complimenting him on his right? health status at his and age. And how great he's doing. But instead of saying, wow, you know, you're doing great right now, you're so healthy, that's wonderful, but, but let's plan let let's make sure we have everything in place that when down the road the day comes you know that we that we have these discussions that's not what happens no. see instead we're going to say you're going to live to be 117 so why am i talking about this now see it, it it really matters in terms of the kind of that attitude or the opposing we have such a hard time having these discussions not just us healthcare professionals we assume that our physicians are going to have an easy time of this they're not. Oh, they don't. You know? Patients who are in their 80s, their 90s, they trust their physician. They're, you know, they're not going to do anything unless their physician tells them to. So if the physician doesn't bring up, 
you know, a healthcare proxy or doesn't bring up, geez, you know, what are you thinking? You know, what, what are you thinking, you know, if something does happen? Then thinking that they don't have to talk about it. Right, right. And that's where, you know, again, you, you know, these MOLS forms, you know, you probably have heard of a MOLS Oh, form. yeah. Tell me what the MOL, yeah. what MOLS stands so, for. So Medical or Massachusetts Order for Life-Sustaining Treatment. This is, this is a really important document. And this document is a actionable medical order form. That's what it is. So different from an advanced directive, right, in that an advanced directive is a legal document, but this is a medical order. These MOLS forms, these are important discussions. I'd be willing to bet that the, your father's doctor hasn't had a MOLS conversation with him. No, I'll tell you he yeah. hasn't. So, and, and just because he's doing well and he's healthy, it doesn't mean that these things can't be broached at this point. Now, most forms are not for every single person to fill out at that point. Usually, who fills them out? It could be with somebody who has, um, you know, an, an advanced illness or whether they, or if you're advanced age, frail, that sort of thing generally. If you're appropriate to have a do not resuscitate discussion, you're appropriate to have the most discussion. And these are conversations that the doctors should be having. So it's not just the physician, but doctor, MD, PA, physician assistant, nurse practitioner, they sit with the person and have the discussion. And it talks about, most forms talk about, do they want to be resuscitated? Do they want cardiopulmonary resuscitation? How about hospitalization, transfer to the hospital? Do they want artificial nutrition hydration? Do they want to be interviewed? You know, there's, so there's different questions on this around dialysis and all of that. These are important things. And what I love about the most form is it's not just what we, it's what we want or what we don't want. So these are good discussions to have, opportunity for the physician to sit down and to talk with the person very specifically. So you fill out this form and it's in place. And, and again, but these are to have discussions with the physician on. The physician should not be handing you this form and say, take this home and fill it out. Now, what if, they, what if you're at the physician? Because I know these conversations can be lengthy. Yep. They can take a long time. People need to think about things. Yeah. It doesn't have to be completed in that first visit. No. And no. can they give them a copy to take home so they can read through it, discuss it with their family, and then go back and meet with the doctor again Absolutely. To, to, talk, you know, yes. to fill it out? Yep, but what I wouldn't do, because it really is meant as a discussion. So absolutely they can go and consider that and take that. You know, I always hand out um, a form that says sample on it. Yeah, uh, I you know, yep. and and I do it for. And so when people ask me, because I like to teach people the right way in terms of doing this, and and just how important having the conversation with your physician is. The wonderful news is, as of January first, two thousand sixteen, you can actually make an appointment to talk about advanced care planning or goals of care conversation. You can schedule an appointment to have these conversations with your physician, and it's reimbursed under under insurance. So the physician can get paid to yes. get, to get to have these um, which, conversations, which is fabulous because you know what these conversations are lengthy. Yeah. They're they're not easy conversations no. to have, so they should get paid. Well, for they those. Sh- absolutely they they're should. They're spending their, their time, time and and absolutely. their expertise Correct. and their time. And I, I definitely feel they should have been paid long ago for these types of things, and and really the emphasis is on these are important discussions. These discussions are as important as any other interventions that the physicians are doing. Why shouldn't they get paid for these? But I think people sometimes hesitate because they think, again, time, cost, all of this. No, these, these appointments now, you can, you can schedule this and it can be covered, and that's a great thing, and it's long overdue. 
more about Care Dimensions. Care Dimensions provides compassionate care throughout all stages of an advancing illness. Our expansive services and expert staff honor the richness of patients' lives, addressing complex medical issues as well as emotional, spiritual, and family concerns. We treat patients with dignity and respect so they may live as fully as possible. Care Dimensions, one of the nation's first hospice programs and the region's largest, provides services in more than 95 communities in eastern Massachusetts. For more information, please visit our website at www.caredimensions.org or call us at 888-283-1722. I'm going to go back to, you know, my dilemma, having the conversation yeah. with my father. Yeah. Um, so what steps can I or a family member take to, you know, to kind of broach the subject, to start these conversations? How do I sit my father down and say, you know, dad or mom, you know, what, what do you want if something happens? Because I know they're going to say, ah, oh, nothing's going to happen. So yeah. how do I start the conversation? Well, you see, Tulin, see, and this is what we do, because you're going to sit down with your aging parents, and they're going to be thinking, oh, she's got, <laughs> she's she's got me. me. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's tired of cooking for me on the weekends. <laughs> she's got me in the grave. She's got, see what we do? Right. We alarm them because it's like we, we, we fo- focus on them. What about you? Oh, they, I already told them what I well, want. Okay, good. See, well, you're a good it's teacher. Beca- you model the behavior. Of, you know, kind of a joke because I'll go now when I go because I tell them I'm going first. When I go, this is what I want. So I do. I Well, I would use that then. See, I think different scenarios call for different things, but that would be a wonderful end. Look at mom and dad. I have sat for years telling you about all the things that I want when my time comes. But you've never talked about what you want. I really want to be able to sit down with you so that I can make sure that your wishes are honored when that day comes. I don't think you're going anywhere right now, obviously, but but these are good discussions to have well in advance. You know, we we really need to have these in in a, in a quiet time. Listen, you're doing this around the kitchen table, right, or the dining room table. You're not doing this like we've talked about in the ICU or the ER, which oh, is yeah, when they usually happen. So these should be done in a quiet And plan around it. Don't do this when you have five minutes and you're saying, oh, by the way. It says, we call this doorknob therapy, right, as the person's walking out the door. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I don't want to be resuscitated, right? We don't want to do that sort of thing. So even I had a person recently that was in, I was, I go out to community groups and she said she has scheduled a time with her family. She has four daughters and she oh. actually set up a time. The daughters are coming in from out of, two of them are out of state and they're, they're making a weekend of it where that they have opportunity, not just for her to talk about it, what she wants, but all of them are going to talk about what their wishes are. So they all know. Absolutely. So you can set they can up all a time. Each yes. Other. And they're making a, a like a family little reunion out of it in terms of talking about it. Instead I, of a book club. I exactly. love this. Exactly. I love it's it. It's starting the conversations <laughs> yeah. club. That's right. <laughs> I have another friend which and which really cracks me up and she's she's a nurse and the only time and she's from this this big a big Irish family. The only time that her whole entire family get together is at Thanksgiving. So what she does is at Thanksgiving, they all take a few minutes before they start to have the, to do their partying and celebrating, and they talk about 
in over the year and stuff if there are any changes and what their wishes are and all of that. So uh, we, she and I always joke with, with each other about it, but it's, you know, pass a drumstick. Do you want to be resuscitated? <laughs> I think it's a What great... are you thankful for? <laughs> right. What do you want at end of life? <laughs> right. But it, it, see what I mean? They make and they... But they, it's, it becomes it, an it everyday... Works. Yes, and it becomes a norm. Absolutely. And it's not a taboo. That's it's right. It's a norm. Have these yes. conversations. Like... I'm going to have a conversation with my, you know, kid. What are you going to do, you know, second semester in your classes? Right. We're planning. It's the same thing. Plan. And just let it roll off your tongue. And Okay, so... So what do you want if if you know if this or this if this happens? But normalize yeah. it. Use teachable moments too, Lynn. So this is this I think is a big thing. I would sit down and my grandmother and I would would watch Saint Elsewhere together. Oh my gosh! Right? Yep. Oh, You're she loved. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that old. But so she, we used to sit there and we'd be watching the show, which she loves so much. And and I'd say to her, oh My gosh, in this situation, what would you want? This is what I would want. See Ooh, how like I'm norma- normalizing it, though. I'm not focused on you because you're 92 years old and I think you've got one foot in the grave the other on the banana peel right I'm focused on what I would want and what you would want so talking about this in conversational format I've also I feel like people should use the teachable moments what if let's say there is a death of a family member or a close friend or somebody that you know even a neighbor or whatever and maybe they've died from a cancer or what have you and say geez, you know, so-and-so did X, Y, and Z. What would you want in that situation? See, those are teachable moments. Or you have a doctor's appointment, or you have other things coming up. What would those situations be, and what would you want in that? Use the teachable moments. So you're you're approaching it before something happens. Right, exactly. But I like the way you're doing that, um, because it doesn't bring attention to their age, their right. frailty, there, you know, maybe a chronic illness or whatever. You're just bringing, I like how you did that. Yeah. Oh, in that situation, what do you think? Because this is what I'd want. Yeah, exactly. And listen, that. can you guarantee that you're not going to go before your parents? I can't guarantee anything. Of course you can't. They're, you know. We don't know. We have we don't no know. clue. We don't. You we th- don't. And that's why I'm thankful for every single day. Absolutely. I tell people, when people ask me how I am, I go, well, I said, I, I woke up this morning, I'm, I'm healthy, and I'm doing great. Yeah. So what more could you ask for Exactly. Exactly. We can't, we, we don't know what the future holds. That's why, you know, when we've talked before about advanced directives and healthcare proxies 18 and over. So the conversation should be happening really early on. This should just be a, a part of a process that we v- revisit and we do. You're not going to sit down, have one conversation and never bring it up again. You're going to use those moments and those situations to say, this is what I would want. And, and, and those things are, you are, there are teachable moments, Lynn, everywhere in life. We just don't capture them. I, I know. I'm going to start. I'm going to start paying attention yeah. because my wish is that, you know, I was brought up, we never talked about this stuff. My parents still don't talk about it. But maybe if I stop, start talking to my kids now at 19 and 23, when they have kids, they'll start talking That's to right. them maybe when they're 15 and 16 and getting them ready. Yep. Um, and if we can change the culture That's and right. change the men, the the mindset of people. That's right. Uh, but it takes time. Yeah. I know it takes time. And some of that is generational, but some, as you talked about, is family culture, right? And culture. There's all kinds of other things, but but in your family's culture, it wasn't discussed. Wasn't discussed. Well, no. and and a lot of us have gone through that. But like you said, you can change it. You can change that. And and wouldn't that be wonderful for the generations to come?
there's been a lot of research, Mary, um, around end of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we work for Care Dimensions. We work, you know, in hospice and palliative care. Um, I was reading this article, and I'd love to share it with the listeners, and I know I'm going to read it. And so, it, you know, bear with me, everybody, but it has some good information in it. Um, it's an article from Behavioral Sciences titled Family Communication at End of Life. I think this kind of hits home with what we're discussing today and how important the conversation is. But it says, when the terminally ill and their loved ones have the opportunity and the openness to freely talk about what is on their minds and hearts at end of life, the end result is often the relief of stress, peaceful interactions, and greater readiness for the impending outcome. Still, such talks are not without challenges. In addition, communication at the end of life between the terminally ill and family members results in more satisfying care and an increased sense of well-being at end of life for the dying. And then ultimately, the communication that occurs at end of life between the terminally ill family members and healthcare specialists are critical for what's called a good death because it's only through communication where people's true wishes are heard, understood, and followed that their loved ones and this is important, that their loved ones are left without regret. True regret comes from what is not communicated at end of life. I just want, Mary, and I, I, don't, so, I just think this is oh, so important. Um, what did you think of that, um, I think those comments? It nails it. It nails it. And I really do believe, Lynn, that as much as we shy away and we, we dodge this topic, people really do want to talk about it. It's just we're so afraid, again, of making one another uncomfortable of 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 setting somebody or thinking you know that this 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 thinking that bad things will happen all of those things that I love that line at the the end in terms of oh I love the whole thing but at at the end when it says you know the the regret is really comes from the lack of communication mm-hmm. there is this is a very precious time when people are at end of life and I'll tell you some great growth and great healing can happen at this stage of life and the only way to do it is through this open dialogue and this this really compassionate conversation. I know, and we tell people, you know, um, and that's why we always stress, and we'll do we'll do a podcast on it one day. Um, but why bringing hospice in sooner rather than later? I think the the interdisciplinary team with the the chaplains and the social workers and nurses can help bring these families together, absolutely, and have these conversations, or and not the conversations, you know, about wishes, but you know, any gaps in. Um, you know, in family dynamics or any regrets can be kind of healed before Absolutely. the patient passes. Yep. So I think I think that's so important. We're always available to talk. At the end of the episode, you're going to hear how you can reach out, send us emails, contact us. But, you know, what I've learned today is, you know, I was going to say, Mary, I'm going to put time aside, go grab a pizza and head to my parents' house for this talk. But I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm going to go watch a movie with them there you go. and find some movie. What did you say? You watch uh, St. Elmo's? St. Elsewhere. Yeah. St. Elsewhere. I'm thinking Saint of St. Elmo's <laughs> Fire, and I'm like, I don't think that's it. But St. Elsewhere. Maybe I can find an oh, old there's, episode there's, and start watching those. There's plenty of shows that, that can do it. And they, again, you'll have and those bring up some, moments. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like what you said, those teachable moments. So remember, yeah. people, look for those teachable moments so you can start those conversations or gain information from those te- teachable moments that will help with the care of your loved one if you know if and when um, needed absolutely thanks for joining in and next time we're going to discuss living well making every moment count thanks for listening to living forever not an option with lynn skarmis and mary crow 
To learn more about Care Dimensions, please visit our website at www.caredimensions.org or check out our podcast website at www.caredimensions.org backslash podcast. We would love to hear from you with questions or comments. Please feel free to email us at podcast at caredimensions.org. And of course, you can always call our office at any time. The number is 888-283-1722.